All right, we're going to go to the Wester Hotline now because my man Benjamin Albright's going to join us here to talk some Broncos, and um, he is the host and reporter analysis over at the Broncos flagship KOA Colorado. Ben, thanks so much for joining me, my friend. And um, it's getting very close to football, like real, real football here. And I don't know why. Um, but I think the eyes of the NFL world are still kind of directly on the Broncos with how this Aaron Rodgers situation plays out. So first and foremost, hello. And what's it feel like to sort of be in the center of, I don't know, a controversy that you, that the Broncos really aren't exactly a direct partly above? Well, uh, it's uh, certainly been a fascinating summer, I guess, that beats this season. I don't know who's on your Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmores, but, um, you know, it, it certainly makes for talking points having, uh, you know, having all this stuff out there at Sports Talk Radio Cookies, you know. Um, in terms of uh, of actual substance, there is actual substance to this, you know, with the, with the Rodgers situation. Uh, he's not happy in Green Bay. He does want out. He does want Denver. Um, and, you know, that's it's sort of uh, it has created this, this palpable buzz here, which is kind of interesting because, you know, the Broncos already brought in Teddy Bridgewater to compete with Drew Locke. And, you know, that situation, uh, you've got the Rodgers situation circling above it. It's just, it's just kind of a mess out here waiting for and finding out whether or not the Packers are ever going to start answering the phone and, and working on a deal. Are you surprised that the Packers have, have taken the stance that they've taken, considering that this isn't like something exactly new? They, they've sort of, I would think anyways, Rodgers, the, the line hadn't exactly been drawn in the sand prior to this offseason, but there had always been this underlying thought that, that Rodgers in that front office simply did not really get along to the level you'd want to have your MVP caliber, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback have with that front office. Like, is is are you are you at all interested or at, at all I don't know surprised by the fact that the the Green Bay has really taken the stance that they've taken? I mean, kind of because yeah, this is a team that went to the NFC Championship and then drafted Rogers replacement in the first round. You know, they they were one piece away from maybe getting to the to the Super Bowl and instead went and drafted his replacement and you know a replacement running back and all this kind of stuff. And it just looks like a front office without a plan. Like they're going one way and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we're actually in a window. We're going to reverse course on that. And it's just you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at this in this perspective. You know, over the last uh, since 2011, 2011, they've drafted uh, what two offensive players in the first round. One of those was tackled Derek Sherrod to play like five games for him, uh, and the other is ostensibly his replacement, Jordan Love. So, you know, it's, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you just look at the situation like, you guys don't want to win, you know? You, you don't want to win right now. You're prepping for life after me instead of winning right now, and I don't want to be a part of that because I'm trying to cement my legacy, and I've got a few years left. Now, I, I don't blame either side for their attitude on that, but I do, I do look at the Packers and I say, okay, you can get a big package for Aaron Rodgers right now, and instead you're going you know, you're gonna to do the same thing that, uh, you know, that Carson Paul Palmer did, and, yeah. you know, retire, get next to nothing for him, and, and, and move forward. So is that is that the move here? I mean, listen, I, I, it looks like, you know, Vegas sports books are all tanking the Green Bay total win number or taking it off the books entirely, and the rumor is, come Monday morning, that Aaron Rodgers is going to announce that he's retiring from the NFL. What does that move, because ultimately, Ben, that's a chess move on behalf of Aaron Rodgers. Does that chess move, what is the equal reaction from Green Bay here? Is it... He's going to retire, and they're just going to let Aaron Rodgers stew, the one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Are they just going to let him stew? And ultimately, 
where do you believe the first blink comes from? Because it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy that blinks. And then you, if, if that's the case, I would the, the, the pressure sort of moves right into Green Bay in that front office. Like, who do you believe blinks first? And if he does actually announce that he's retiring, what does that mean for this situation as it plays out? Well, it'll be the Packers that'll blink because Rodgers isn't going to blink. Um, you know, he's either going to retire, he's going to show up to camp and play out the string. It's you know, it's it's really his option. There's no blink in terms of you know for him as far as that goes. Now, uh, it, for him, I mean, he I don't think he shows up. I I do think he retires. I'm not sure if it's going to be Monday, but I I do believe that he's he's going to retire uh, and or you know force the trade. Um, but if, if you're the Packers, like I understand where they're coming from. Tactically, trading Rodgers now, you know, is is at their weakest point because if Aaron Rodgers goes to a new team, you're going to get draft picks back, and Rodgers is going to play for that new team and play them into better draft picks. So I, I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's just become a situation that's that's kind of untenable at this point. Unless you think that Aaron Rodgers is going to show up, playing this game is just not the the right way to handle it. Ben, this is Franklin Heinzman. Let me ask you about another situation that, as of reportedly, I guess you could put that in that same class as untenable. It came out this past weekend that uh, Devontae Adams and the Packers have broken off long-term extension talks, and I could argue he's one of the most dominant receivers in the league. Where does that situation go if Rodgers does, in fact, retire? Are Rodgers and him sort of a package deal? Give us some insight there. Well, Adams wants out too, um, you know, and he was willing to do it for top receiver money. But the Packers, you know how they are; they're kind of cheap, and they're not going to pay top receiver money. So, um, you know, he's he, he knows what's up, um, and so he's he's trying to force their hand too. I, I wouldn't be, I don't think they're a package deal. I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them wind up in the AFC West, but with different teams. Um, so, I you know, I think if you're uh, hmm. I, I think if you're a Green Bay fan, this this entire situation has the. Uh, the potential to crater pretty badly, especially because Jordan Love is not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Ben, and I wonder, kind of the the, the last thing here as it pertains to Green Bay, I, I just, I wonder... In one off season, you go from you know being listen. I, I I don't really believe they were one or a few plays away from a Super Bowl. They 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 got worked over pretty good by Tampa Bay. They they didn't look exactly on the same level as the Buccaneers. But having said that, this was a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year. Like, mm-hmm. how do you go from that to potentially having a second year quarterback losing your two best players on your team? Like. Where does that leave the Green Bay front office? Because I feel like you do that. It's sort of, well, first of all, there's no coming back from it. But I also think in the eyes of the franchise, in the eyes of that fan base, that would be a colossal failure for Brian Gutekunst. Like that would be, I frankly, if you're a fan, a fireable offense. Well, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of trending that way. I mean, the the firing of Mike McCarthy and the hiring of Lafleur was Aaron Rodgers' idea. He said he wanted to switch to something that was, you know, was running the Shanahan wide zone offense, and that that paid off. They went back to back NFC Championship games, and now you're going to run off the guy who was the actual architect of what's been successful uh, for your franchise. You know, and, and, and how does that work? Here's the problem: the problem is the Packers don't have an owner. You know, and, and so that that's the problem. They don't have ownership. They've got a tr- you know they got a guy there that, that runs everything in Murphy, but they don't really have ownership, and that's the thing. There's no the buck stops here, you know what, this is what we're doing kind of guy, and so it, it creates a problem. We've seen some of that here in Denver without ownership of Pat Bolin when the, this this team has been in the trust. There's just at the end of the day, there's nobody to make that final decision and say, look, buck stops here, this is what we're doing, we're going with it, shut up and make it happen, you know? And so that that's kind of the problem there. And and so, you know, in the end, where does where's the accountability for good accounts? You know, is that is that to Murphy? Does Murphy make that move? You know, who, who where, where and how does that mechanism get triggered to 
that, you know what, we're, we're reversing course, we're, we're making Aaron happy, that kind of thing. It just doesn't exist, and that's a problem. Green Bay's already a tough selling point for people. It's, it's a small town. There's not a lot of marketing opportunities. Uh, it's cold, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's already a tough sell of the place. You run off your two best players, and now free agents aren't coming there at all. Benjamin Albright here on the Western Hotline is a host and reporter and analyst, an analyst at the Broncos flagship station, uh, KOA Colorado. Ben, um, I, I do want to shift gears on, on how this potential lingering trade affects the beginning of training camp for the Broncos. Let's be real. I mean, every Broncos fan has an eye on training camp and another eye on the situation playing out in Green Bay. How does that affect to the potential? Is there going to be rollover into the locker room, considering there is a quarterback competition and it doesn't include... Aaron Rodgers right now? I don't think so. I think the way that everybody in Denver is looking at this is it's a quarterback competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater until and or if Aaron Rodgers arrives. And that's just the way to look at it. We're prepping this way, and if we happen to get Rodgers, we'll shift gears at that point. So looking at this quarterback competition, Ben, I'm, I'm definitely interested in how this plays out because you really don't I mean, from top to bottom, if you look at Drew Locke and you look at Teddy Bridgewater, you probably don't have a more different quarterback stylistically than those two. With Drew Locke has that arm, the ability to, to, to push the ball down the field, and the game management style of a Teddy Bridgewater. If you're Pat Shermer, if you're this offensive staff, knowing the defense that this Denver Broncos team has, do you believe they're leaning more towards any quarterback stylistically just based on the team and the competitive, the potential competitive level of this team in a really loaded AFC West, but a loaded AFC in general? Like, is game manager maybe the style of quarterback they're looking for just to maintain, just to keep some level of, hey, we need to win football games. We can't afford to continue growing a quarterback in, in this sort of window that we're in. Well, that's sort of why they brought Teddy in in the first place was to have that option, but I, I don't know if they're leaning one direction or the other. The, the thing about it is, and the thing that bugs me a little bit, is it's like the myth of Teddy Bridgewater as the game manager because you go back and you look, he's never thrown more than 15 touchdowns in a season, and that was last year. Um, and then he had 11 interceptions last year. You know, Drew Locke only played, what was it, 12 games and had 16 touchdowns. Um, and if you add in the fumbles and, and everything else, Teddy Bridgewater had more turnovers than Drew Locke last year. So the idea that he's, he's, he's a safer option is actually a myth. Uh, and, he, and he's limited upside. You had to take the ball out of his hands inside the 20s. He, he, he can't throw in the red zone because he has no velocity whatsoever. So, and it's noticeable. Like, we're watching these guys throw at minicamp. You know, Drew Locke throws a rocket, and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater throws wiffle balls. And it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> funny to watch. Um, th- that said, you know, the experience of Teddy Bridgewater, the internal clock, the processing, maybe that extends some drives. So I think they really want to get about two weeks of competition, a game or two of preseason action out of both these guys, and then take a look and see, you know, who's going to score the most points for us? At the end of the day, who's going to score the most and, not, and turn it over? over the least, and that's the guy we're going with. What is the expectation, Ben? This is my last question for you. Overall of the wide receiver room, I think it's, you look at it from top to bottom, it's probably from like one to five or six, one of the deeper ones in the entire league. I mean, Tim Patrick's going to end up being, what, the fourth or fifth wide receiver, um, and I believe is one of the best and most efficient deep threats in the league. Um Corlin Sutton, I mean, this is going to end up being a pretty big season for him. What are the expectations for this group? And, and is a lot of the expectations for this group tied to who's playing quarterback? Well, kind of, yeah. There are big expectations, and as you mentioned, it's one of the deeper ones in the league. I mean, you know, they they would trade Tim Patrick if they got the right compensation for him because they really like Tyree Cleveland, who's right behind him and basically the same player. 
Um, so it's you know they, they've got they've got talent at the receiver position. They're coming into camp with like 14 receivers on the yeah. roster. It's it's absurd. Um, but you and you've got different guys. You know you got Sutton. He's coming back off the injury. Going to be a make or break for him. You got Jerry Judy. You figure he, he he'll pick up in year two, if, especially if he can clean up the drops. KJ Hamler, the, you know the deep threat. Tim Patrick, we already talked about. Tyree Cleveland, and then you get into the you know the Deontay Spencer, who's a returner receiver. Um, and you, you, it keeps going on. You've got more guys. They drafted uh, they drafted a kid this year too. So it, there, there's tons. Of talent there, there's big expectations for it. The question is, is can the quarterback get him the football without air mailing it to the other team? And that's yeah. that's really is the question at the end of the day. All right, Ben, appreciate you, brother, as always. Um, enjoy the uh, enjoy your last few days of freedom here, and and then uh, training camp getting underway. We'll uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely be chatting at some point this season, man. So thanks again, as always, for your time and analysis. Absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate it. Benjamin Albright there of KOA Colorado joining us on the Western Hotline to talk a little Broncos Aaron Rodgers. Just a, a fascinating um, situation that's going to end up playing out in Green Bay, which I would bet in the next couple of days we're really going to be honing in on just how that looks. 803 Those are your numbers to call. I've got uh, a potential. Well, we're going to switch back in a little while here to hockey. Mike Catalan of Fox Sports Rochester is going to join us here um, in the next 15 or 20 minutes. We'll get a real uh, in-depth look at training training camp, get some more thoughts overall on this drama that has built over the last week or so on Twitter um, about the vaccinations and, and everything going on in Buffalo. So we'll talk to Mike Catalano. That's all coming up next here on WGR.